Everybody ready? Yep. Let's go. Ahsoka! Four Midwest Guys presents... Star Wars Rebels HQ. Battles leave scars. Some you can't see. All across. I'm afraid it's changing. I will never let my friends get hurt again. Your anger gives you strength. Governor Price, these rebels have proven particularly stubborn. How do you intend to solve this problem? I need someone who sees a bigger picture. To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not simply their battle tactics. But their history, philosophy, art. I must become more powerful. <laughs> Split the treasure. Oh, that's a classic. One last glorious day in the Grand Army of the Republic. Jedi am the light and the dark. They'll be the architects of their own destruction. The key destroying the city. Hello everybody and welcome back to Star Wars Rebels HQ. Tonight we'll be reviewing episode 15, Trials of the Dark Saber. With me today is Mr. Brian Eckenbauer. What's up, what's up? How's it going, B? It's going good. And also my brother Aaron. Hey, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing alright. Good. We're all three here. This has been a long time since the whole Rebels HQ yeah. staff has been in one place. Yeah. It's been a while. Each of us have gone through our peak season at our work. Yeah, yeah. so. Kind of delays everything good to have everybody here and boy do we need it because wow what an episode we just had and um yeah so let's just dig into it um right off the bat we are introduced to new star wars mythos i guess or lore uh we learned that there is a was a tar vizsla who is was the first mandalorian to be um i guess uh in into the jedi order mm. Well, they mentioned Over the uh, Tar Vizsla once or twice before, haven't they? No, that's the first time. Really? I could swear that we actually talked about it when we were talking about like the Vizsla clan like previously in we, Rebels. We talked about pre-Vizsla, who was the leader of Death Watch and Clone Wars, but oh, we've okay. never actually talked about this. This Tar Vizsla is all brand new. Oh, okay. So, like this wasn't part of like the EU at one point or anything? No. Okay. Not that I'm aware of, anyway. All right. And according to my research, anyway, no. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, he was the first Mandalorian to be inducted in the Jedi Order. I like how they called it first, so there could have been others yeah. that we don't know about yet, but he's the first yeah. to come along. Well, and the fact that his sword more or less becomes a holy relic after he dies does suggest that he's one of few. That's correct. He is the creator of the Dark Saber, uh, which is, I, which was uh, kept in the Jedi Temple, I guess, after his death, and then mm. the Mandalorian family stole it back, mm. and then kind of used it almost like a, um, I guess, like a uh, like a symbol of power, like a, sep- yeah. like a scepter, scepter of power. power that gets yeah. handed down from generation to generation, and mm. it's like a totem that gets passed down. Yeah, like, and it's showing like you're the high officer sort of thing. It's like the, um, uh, uh, I guess, be like, uh, what is it? Um, uh, I, don't, I want to use Highlander, but it um, what Excalibur? That, Scotland, like the oh. different tribes, and they all had like their family swords and stuff like that. Oh, okay, the, the tribal leader sword. Okay. The chief sword. 
or whatever. I'm so, not sure if that's the thing, but if it is, that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of the same. Goes along that same yeah same thing. So yeah, so pretty cool. So we finally get we finally get what we we probably always wanted is when we we're playing with with kids is there's a Mando who can use a lightsaber. So there was actually a Mando Jedi at one mm. point. It doesn't get any much cooler than that. I mean, I'm well, not, I mean, it's pretty cool, but you don't know if the Mandalorians have like the same like backpack jets and like yeah. all the same like equipment. Well, true, they it's, did at, it's that a thousand time. years ago, so yeah, yeah. the technology knows? might be a little different. Yeah, like, or if you know, fat you, Jedi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got your finally got a fat Jedi. No, but yeah, well, either that or like somehow the technology worked better back then, and just like it, it all went to hell. It, it could go either way. Yeah, but it is kind of cool because I've always wondered there had to have been some force sensitive Mandos at some point. I mean, Mm. all they have all these different alien races that are Jedi. Well, actually, later on in the episode, it actually reintroduces the uh, Jedi Mando war thing. It does, which actually could explain why you don't have a lot of Mandalorians that join the Jedi. If they were viewed as like rivals, and like you joining the Jedi Order would have made you a traitor to that clan, to your to your yeah your people. Yeah, Yeah, it uh, and that's that's interesting that that gets brought up later in the episode because that used to be it, well it, it's part of the legends so mm. they're reintroducing it as canon for the first time since they rebooted the whole mm. well that's whole something thing. good that Rebels has been doing is kind of allowing to Disney to slowly reintroduce things that it pretty much decanonized more or exactly less. and we'll talk a little bit more about the Mando Jedi Wars as we uh, approach that part in the uh, the episode but, but yeah so a uh, lot of really cool stuff right off the bat in mm. this episode and it's very deep episode uh, a lot of stuff going on but well, I also while we're talking of the sword like there is a noticeable difference in design than like the traditional Jedi saber with this. oh yeah it's... like and later on you see like it versus go like Kanan saber mm-hmm. and it's almost like seeing a katana versus like a um, Spanish rapier or rapier yeah like that. I was gonna say that it, it did yeah the way it has the curved top to it yeah and... it really is a lot different in terms of design and honestly the only like dark bladed lightsaber you really see in the universe yeah, before, it, right? Yeah, it does beg the question is, <laughs> was Tar, even though he was a member of the Jedi Order, did he turn? Was he a Sith? Because well, it's it, interesting though, because be, all the Sith sabers tend to go red. Right, but it would if, I just don't see a Jedi using a dark bladed saber. I, I don't know. It, it, it kind of goes against them being on the light side and everything yeah. else, symbolically anyway. Yeah. So unless there's more to it than we don't know about yet, which yeah, is possible. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of abil- you know a lot of places you can go and explore with that. But yeah, you're right. It is definitely the first um, katana, katana uh, Jedi lightsaber. Mm. Or, katana lightsaber i guess which is actually kind of surprising since you look at how much of a samurai influence was like over the original films especially characters like vader that's true but you know really all the technology they had back when they first made the movies was (coughs) just a pointed blade yeah just a (laughs) light stick essentially so you know obviously with cartoon you know but nowadays they could probably make a real dark saber in the movies too but with the technology i would think as real as cgi is yeah. Right, exactly, right? And we're talking like the real. But, I know, you're like, yeah. they probably could make a real one. <laughs> no. Well, that or, I mean, even with, like, terms of, like, prop le- replicas and stuff you want, like, there's a company that makes, like, those um, little, like, lightsabers you can actually kind of fight with. Yeah, the like, LED ones? Yeah, those are actually pretty cool, and they have, like, a different design, mm-hmm. and, like, you can change, like, that. Like, handles, handle yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it, like, if it wasn't for the cost of them, part of me really would consider actually getting a couple pairs. I know. They're pretty cool, but they're really expensive. Oh, yeah. It's like, what, like 200 lightsaber? Oh, yeah. It's expensive. Yeah, the real effects. Yeah. Yeah. Those are so cool, though. But, but yeah, it definitely leaves me wanting to know more about this Tar Vizsla, though. I mean, just 
Yes. It's, you know, there, there's episodes. a whole background there, you know, story there. Oh, definitely, told. man. Like, if you actually had just, like, an episode that went back into the backstory of it, like, that would be pretty cool, because if we go back to Clone Wars, like, we have had a couple episodes that went into either backstory or into mythology pretty heavily, and yeah. we're actually some of the highlights for Clone Wars. I think it would be pretty cool, because there's that petition going around to have Netflix pick up Knights of the Old Republic yeah. and turn it into a series. So that would be pretty cool to see this story kind of oh, make okay. its way. Yeah, like actually have that be like a character, character that takes part yeah, in the universe. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. could probably kind of redo the storylines for like a Knights of the Old Republic sort of thing, or like go for like old school Jedi storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and they've had done really well with some of the Marvel shows, so it would be interesting to see. Yeah. So the other big thing in the beginning was is, you know, Raoul basically reveals that because this dark saber is a symbol or a scepter if you will that if sabine were to wield it she could possibly reunite the clans of mandalore underneath mm. her and literally raise an army <laughs> um, well isn't that because of who sabine is on top of that on top of it yeah, but yeah. also because she it possesses the well the saber more than anything yeah well to brian's point like she is technically of the bloodline that would have possibly. claim to it and if Possibly, we don't know I think, that. Well, I think that's why he said that was be- not simply because of the dark saber, yeah, but because of the bloodline. Because bloodline. she, her, being part of the bloodline and having that, maybe. I mean, we it would give claim to if yeah, what she if, to that. If her mother ends up being Bo-Katan, yes, then, mm. then yes, she would have legitimate claim. So uh, I don't know that we we still don't know. We haven't seen her mother. That's the next episode, apparently. Mm. Oh, so, really? Yes. Nice. Yeah. So. It'll be, we'll finally find out, or that could be, you know, in the Star Wars universe, you never know whose parents are whose anyway, you know, they could have been just the person that raised her, we mm. won't really know, you know, until well, I mean, definitively say it. From the Mandalorian point of view, that really might go either way with how they view that, mm-hmm. like, you could have just, like, you were raised by this person, and thus you're accepted as that lineage. It's possible, but it, it, they're such a warrior race, it would seem to me that they would be real big on bloodline, at least from a traditional perspective. But you're right, yeah. we don't know. Really. Well, yeah, I mean, it would make sense in that regard, but you do have, like, very warrior races that do take opposite approaches to that, like, yeah. from our own history. Yeah. So, it could go either way. Of course, exceptions can be made, too. Yeah. So. But, obviously, she, uh, getting back to the storyline, Sabine obviously didn't want the responsibility because she handed this thing over to Kanan in the mm. first place. So, apparently, she's got her reservations oh yeah and it goes pretty heavily into it by the time we get towards the end of the episode but yeah i thought how they actually kind of intervened and like asked her in regards to it was pretty interesting too it's yeah. one of those things where Hera's like you don't have to do it or i think it was Hera and kane and it's like but we have to ask well i was going to bring that up next because to me it almost felt like an intervention to me I actually it's even, very set up like i that. even call it sabine's intervention slash decision and that's the next scene that we're going to talk about because I felt like they almost forced her hand. It was really... Well, they did. There was a lot of pressure put on her. Well, oh, yeah. Because what they said basically was, you're our chance to have an army behind us. Right. We really need you to do this. And then and it was like, however, it's your call if you want to. We won't push you to it, but it could really help us out. Yeah, it yeah. was like the last second. Well, here's all these reasons why you should. And at the end, Kanan's like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll back either way. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of our trips to King's Island. <laughs> you know, you you have a van, Brian. You don't have to drive, but it would really help us out. We could all drive together in one vehicle. 
<laughs> yeah, you, did, you, were, you did become the way. driver quite a bit to Kings Island. Yeah. yeah I forgot about that. <laughs> so let's talk about the whole intervention scene. So the scene opens up, which I thought was kind of cool. You see, like, the, her little spray painting of her, um, I guess, uh, Rebels family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all... all all of them from the ghost, her mm. ghost family. Then you just kind of see her sitting underneath it, and she's real bummed out. And yeah, just kind of. Yeah, you could kind of in melancholy because she thing. knows what's coming. Yeah, right. Because of course they would, because they're a small rebellion that's looking to gain power to fight an empire. It's really you kind of have to try to take any chance you have, and so far up to this point, they have. Yeah, and it, it really is a nice contrast too, because it shows her surrogate family, mm. and then obviously she's dealing with problems with her real family so mm-hmm. it's kind of that nice visual yep uh thing um <clears throat> so you know after everybody's heard obviously the dark saber and can but about then brings all that up again mm-hmm. and she says but the dark sabers caused me nothing but but pain mm-hmm. basically just and that goes back to maul taking it back in the clone wars again yeah. here we are again more clone wars references mm-hmm. where you know he basically killed pre Vizsla mm. who was the last owner of it the Mando owner of it who was the leader of this Death Watch which was yeah and pretty much uses that as a symbol for him to be in to control be the, of the Mandalorians. Mandalorians yeah and uses it against him so, so I mean that could suggest that even without like having any form of bloodline towards it like it is a symbol of symbol, power symbol of power correct yeah. so whoever challenges and wins mm. you so I mean it could be a thing that once she's known to have a sword Others Mandalorians will, will challenge her for it. More than likely, I'd say that's a hundred. But if she proves herself to be more dominant, then it's essentially it kind of goes into kind of animalistic alpha rule sort of thing, right? Which like is, the beta challenges the alpha, the beta lost, the beta backs down, sort of thing. Well, in this case, the beta dies, but yeah, yeah, yeah so or possibly or possibly, but um, yeah. So you know, and then obviously Fen knows this, and he. He uses that against Sabine, even, and goes, well, you could use the saber to reunite the clans, undo Maul's damage, essentially. You it's know? a fair point. Well, you know, yeah. you know what? I'm, as I'm watching this, I, I'm, al- I'm almost, like, wondering if he's doing this on purpose so that when she goes to reunite the clans, yeah, he's going to go, I challenge you, and then he's going to take it, and they're going to see that battle mm-hmm. of him taking the dark saber, meaning he's the most powerful, mm-hmm. as opposed to just finding the relic yeah, and taking it to use it, like actually showing like authority and display of power, rather yep. than just being like, "I found a trinket." Yep. Yeah, it's possible. Hey, I, I wouldn't say it's out of out of his character because he is a man. He is yeah. a mandolin, right? Um, I think it'll be more likely to be the other guy at first. Anyway, the um, what's his name? Um, oh, the one they escaped from. Yeah, yeah. Saul. Not Saul. Um, yeah, he's the. Um, the Empire's Mandalorian. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I know you're talking about. That guy, about. but yeah. Uh, the name is Yeah. Something Saul Grawl. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Saul Grawl. Saul Grawl, yeah. That's it now. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good addition. He'll be uh, a third generation Mandalorian down the line. And then Kanan goes even further, though. He, he goes, well, I don't think it's any coincidence 
that you found the saber yeah, right now. He goes for a very, this is destiny approach. This is the will of the force almost. Yeah. He kind of has that. Like, well, oh, it, well. It's in his nature I'm to bring up that sort of point. Yeah, I'm with, right, exactly. It is in his nature, yes, but it's kind of like. Like it's in character. Well, here's the, uh, here's the, the spiritual part, you know, it's obviously destinies are colliding. And, well, I mean, yeah. it's a fun way of just forcing your opinion at the same time. Well, that's Clearly what he's doing. you were destined for this. But that's exactly what Even he's doing. if you don't want it, it's there. <laughs> and then Ezra shines up and just, he's just a smart ass. He's like, well, you might have a hard time wielding that. But of course I use the force. So, yeah. you know, obviously you're not going to be as good as me. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. a character that once again, to his character's nature is arrogant. <laughs> and it's been an issue that he dealt with. And, well, he's kind of rubbing it into her ego big time because, mm. you know, and, and that comes out in this episode a lot, though, too, really. Yeah. So, which is somewhat of a thing of discussion for later, whether maybe she's using the dark side. Maybe we'll get about that later, though. Um, and then there again, it, like we were saying, the thing that, that kind of shocked me and took me back most was Hera because Hera's just blunt about it. She's like. Yeah, we could really use those guys if we're on the attack of Lothal. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be that would really help our cause. Really, office space middle management is uh, what you're saying. I was just like, I, I mean, she was just so blunt about. It. She's like, yeah, that would really help our cause. You know. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's kind this. of the obvious elephant in the room, though, isn't it? It is, but even even Sabine goes, but Hera, you know, like mm. kind of shocked. Well, it's kind of, it's funny because Hera's Hera's character has went from um you know we're we're a group of rebels blah 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 to captain the captain the bigger picture yeah. mm-hmm. she's she's ma- she's making that transition so now like some of her decisions on especially when she talks you can tell are straight strategic mm. military esque well, I mean, type cuz now that she's transitioned that she kind of has to play both roles and right. try to balance those out yeah, but it's funny that she talks that way to Sabine mm. mm-hmm. because Sabine's looking at her as you know she's she's a part of the family, yeah, yeah, and like all of a sudden, mom and dad are saying I need to do this. Yeah, yeah, neither one of them are being like, you know, coddling her anymore or anything. They're just like, well, you need to do this because it's gonna help us. Mm. Right. Wait, what? A second? What? It's like uh, you need to take on the job and help out the family. Finances at the same time, yeah. though, it's not like Sabine hasn't been working towards the same goal as them. But no, she, but she's on been, some level she realizes they're right in that regard. She knows, she knows deep down inside. I, I mean, think, that's why you see that kind of brooding thing going on beforehand, is because realistically, that she knows that's what they're going to ask, and realistically, she knows what they're asking is a fair thing to request for the position. It's a fair thing to ask, but I think it's an awful lot to ask. Oh, a super her. lot. Yeah, so, but I mean, that's something you see a lot in the Star Wars universe. It's true. Yeah, I mean, she's gone. It's kind of funny. Um, it, I've always thought this series is told from Ezra's perspective, and it still is. But she's yeah. almost becoming like the new Ahsoka. Of for like Ahsoka mm. started out, everybody hated her, mm. and then by the end of the series, everybody loved her. I don't know. I think Sabine, Sabine was an interesting character from the get go. Well, but yeah. Sabine, not a lot of people liked her though at first, and now yeah. all of a sudden they're going more and more in depth with her, and there's a lot more history. Well, they're doing her. all the Mandalorian backlore. That's what's right. happening, yeah. and yeah. like they're like, "Ooh, this is pretty cool." Whereas, like, I know what you're talking about, because when you first came out, they're like, a girl Bubba Fett? Why would you want a girl Bubba Fett? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so she sprays, paints things, and blows things up. Okay, yeah. big deal. That, that's yeah. kind of the... Really, I yeah. just thought it was interesting, like, sort of characters. Just like, I, you had the graffiti arts, you had that small, just like, teenage-like rebellion in that regard. I appreciate her for what she was at the beginning, but I didn't really... Wasn't really invested into her mm. like, I, like I'm like i becoming. I mean... Yeah. Well, yeah, because we, we were all brought up with the Jedi... 
Right. Not the Mandalorians. No, he was just a cool figure you bought and played with in the backyard. But, uh, yeah, so... Oh, as a weird side note, did you guys notice like the little tiny stormtrooper helmets and like the wall in the background for this scene? No, I didn't see. Yeah, Are they all spray painted and stuff? Probably. I don't know if they're spray painted, but there's just these little tiny like stormtrooper. Almost looks like just stickers up on the wall, be, like behind oh, them. At I can see parts. her doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I hadn't noticed it before the episode. I was like, I don't know if that was there in previous episodes, but you just see him like a little spot. Well, you're like, oh shit! I didn't that the owls. The owls. Yes, we'll get to that. The owls you yes, see they came up yeah. out of uh, during the fight. Yeah, during the fight. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Very good point. That was, was yeah, powerful. and that's also the thing she wears on like her shoulder, and it becomes almost like a crest sort of thing. Almost, yeah. And we'll, I think that's all for foreshadowing. We'll find out, though. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, Kanan, so, and again, at the end, obviously she gives in, mm. and then that's when Kanan drops his line again. Well, you don't have to, but either way, we'll we'll support you. But really, we really now want you to do this. Now that we kind of forced you to do it and you agree with us, you know you didn't have to do this. And then as she takes it, she holds on to it. He goes, you're going to need to learn how to do this because you're going to be challenged for it. <laughs> yeah, it's just adding more, more shit to more it. More shit like, to it on top of it. It's like, so once they know you have this, they're going to want it and will probably kill you for it. And so basically, he has to train her. Yeah. And he, and then Ezra on the Ezra drops the, the Yoda line... <laughs> Kind of, he's like, oh, there's no try, there's only doing. Yeah. <laughs> Line on her. Yeah. At the end. Just kind of a smart ass. It's being a smart ass kind of way. Yeah, because she said, I'll try. Yeah, I'll try. It's like, uh, yeah, there, first lesson, there is no try. <laughs> only doing. Do or do not, there is no try. So, okay, so let's move on to Sabine's training. Um, they take her out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. No distractions. Well, Literally. it's kind of out to where. Actually, even Kanan's kind of been, yeah, near the Bendu, like where Kanan shows up. Yeah, it's actually exactly where the Bendu is, the same arena. Yeah, like it's where he's kind of been going out to kind of train himself with Bendu, essentially. Yeah, pretty so, much. So, like, there's kind of a, an understandable way, reason he goes out there, because, like, clearly there's a spiritual thing for him there. Well, or there, yeah, or it could be strong with the Force. They're, yeah. They've uh, they've thought about exploring that. I've heard with Episode Eight, they call them Force Nexuses, where certain areas are stronger, or you know, with one side of the Force or the other. I mean, I guess I could kind of see it, um, especially if you go back to Clone Wars, where yeah. once again we do have a few episodes that go mm-hmm. very heavy into the mythology. Like you could see where that like, could be an extension. Yeah, like the cave on uh, Dagobah is a source for the dark side. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a nexus place for it, but. Yeah. I, I'm going all nerdy for a second, but no, no. I mean, it makes sense. It's just mm-hmm. I'm not sure how you would implement that, and like, if there could be weird things like midichlorian mm-hmm. thing, where like it kind of throws off some oh, parts uh, of the mythos. There's no longer midichlorian. We don't talk about. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, so you're right. Like no. it's like it's an addition to it, but it might also throw wrenches into parts of it if it's not done well. True. All right. So Kanan decides he's going to test her with the training sabers, which are really just. Sticks. Yeah, apparently him and Zeb whittled <laughs> whittled some some wood down into some good old fashioned sticks like we used where, to play with. Realistically, where the hell did they find that? Because they're on a desert. Uh, well, it was probably made way back when he was training Ezra. It was. Guess, they said that. Yeah. They said the sticks oh, you tried to use with Ezra. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because so. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> That's because they didn't. You they're not using them. Yeah. But Kanan doesn't call them sticks. They're training sabers. <laughs> training sabers in quotations. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it sound more professional. Right. <laughs> so he tests her. She she goes up against him. He makes pretty short work of her. Yeah. Uh, and 
then he kind of slaps her in the face. He's, oh, I, actually, uh, one other point about that is when he makes her fall, even Ezra goes, oh, man, like, ooh. Yeah, I was not <laughs> expecting you to go down that quickly. He's like, oh, that was pretty funny, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> but he won't give him, her another shot with him. Instead, she, she he, he gives him to Ezra, and Ezra starts training her on forms and stuff I like that, which I think is a slap in the face to her. It's her ego. He could come across that way, but at the same time, from like Ezra's point, that's actually not quite taking on an own personal apprentice, but it is kind of training a younger Jedi sort of In a system. way, yeah. Like, that is kind of... Like him moving up in, you know, the kind of ranking order and such. In such a way, yeah. I mean, because that's almost expected is that for any Jedi to kind of train an apprentice at some point, like kind of learning, you know, those skill sets is kind of a good step for him, actually. And, and like yeah. kind of teaching and learning at the same time. And I think it's, uh, yeah, and I think part of it is Kanan has to learn how to, to train somebody blind. Last time he trained somebody... <laughs> When are we going to get over this? He's not blind. <laughs> I mean, like, they might draw him that way on the show, but there's no... The, the way he move, moves and interacts with everything now... I know. We've had this discussion yeah. multiple shows, but... Well, that he, he just sees in different ways now. Right, yeah. but still. More the Matrix way. Yeah. But yeah, I Season think... ones and zeros. <laughs> but yeah, yeah Possibly. I don't know, man. <laughs> If that's how the force works, I don't know. You're that they're going with the like Netflix Daredevil version where like everything's just on fire. Yeah. But yeah, I think she was kind of insulted by. Oh yeah, you know, Ezra. probably came across that way. Yeah. Um, it, it does seem like the downside of the Mandalorian, as well as an upside, is the uh, high level of pride and ego. Pride and ego, yeah. Twice the pride, double yeah. the fall, right? Um, but yeah, so a few days even go by, and Sabine is still just training with the stick and still with the forms with Ezra. Yeah, just kind of the basic training, just here's the stances, here's the form. But mm-hmm. the thing I thought weird about that is, like, aren't there actually, like, multiple sword styles within, like, um, the Jedi school system? There like, are, and it even references, like, in the uh, yeah, Bone War film, right? Yeah, there's, um, there's, there's all kinds of styles. In fact, I can't remember the one that... Um, Mace Windu does, but it's actually very close to the dark side, his yeah. form. Because he actually draws on the dark side for for his powers, believe really? it or not. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But yeah. It, that's why he becomes Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. I'd be okay with it. I mean, you can kind of go wherever with it. So, Personally, but, I'm alright with Darth Jar Jar theory if we're going that far, but... So after a few days, Kanan gets the call from, from Hera. Darth Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah, I'm completely ignoring you, by the way. <laughs> First call from Hera comes in, and even Kenny's like, "Yeah, it's going really slow." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, she's kind of need those soldiers. So uh, speed this up. Yeah, it's kind of right. And but you know, he's like, she's too close-minded. She's just too Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, At the same it, time, though, it's weird that Hera seems. On one level, like, she's trying to, like, speed things up and push things, and also at the same time being kind of more sensitive to, like, how Sabine actually feels about the situation, like, her perspective. The motherly instinct kind of yeah. thing. Kind of, yeah. She's kind of almost like a wife guiding Kanan through the training because he's yeah. so frustrated with her. Like, a father would be trying to teach his daughter how to drive or something, you know, mm-hmm. because usually the dads are a little tougher on their kids, right? Than, yeah. Right. But he's also a Jedi, and he's trying to train her in the Jedi way, and she's mm. not a Jedi, technically. Well, that, I mean, I think uh, Ezra makes this point later on, but there is the time constraint here that really makes a lot more pressure, that puts mm. a lot more, what could have been done in, like, in a couple years, 
It has to be done in like pretty much a a Yoda's weekend session. (laughs) Right. Right. That's a good point. Definitely. Um, But yeah, and then I kind of like how he he closes off uh, his call with Hera. She's like, oh, I'm sending supplies. And he's like, yeah, send patience and uh, and understanding. Right. (laughs) It's kind of a sarcastic sort of thing, but it works. I thought it worked pretty well. It's a funny little bit. (laughs) So uh, Raul uh, uh, arrives and... This is where we see those three, uh, I think they're called uh, Converis or Convers or something like that. But those are essentially the space owls. Mm-hmm. Um, and three of them, not one, not two, but three are sitting on the rock edge. Well, normally we only see like one at a time, right? Usually, yeah. Or, well, we saw a couple on the Bendu. We saw two. Oh, okay. We saw the white one and we saw like a, a one with a little bit of brown on it. Mm-hmm. I would say, well, I guess it would be a male one. This time, Spotted. this one, they're kind of far away, so they don't get real close up, but there are three of them sitting on the ledge watching the whole battle, okay. which is interesting because, you know, okay, you got maybe one showed up to watch Kanan, maybe mm. another one showed up to watch. Maybe they're like, you know, that plant's equivalent of vultures. Maybe they're just like, oh, look, they're fighting. One of them will die and we'll have something to eat. I Maybe, I don't think so, but... Because they're represented. Well, we owls know are predatory birds. Well, we know we're pretty sure they're tied to the force. Okay, so it at this point, does have that symbolism attached. Right. To it, yeah. So one's there for Canaan, one's there for Ezra. Who's the third one for? It begs the question. Mm. So right, that well, there are three. Is she, so she's a Jedi. Is she force it sensitive? At it. Like especially with the Bendu kind of glancing over at her at yeah. one point, it was, does kind of hint that. We'll it. get to that in the next scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, at the same time, though, like if she was force sensitive, wouldn't that pop up sooner like it kind of comes out i don't most jedis kind of like pick up on the fact of like force sensitive kids and such because i mean you had like in the clone wars an entire episode where you just have like she's, kids of just force sensitive. well you know she's pretty good at hiding things she's she even hides all her her pain from kanan and kanan mm. doesn't even realize it until hera points it out to him he's yeah. kind of oblivious to it mm. which happens later so at the same time though like if you're able to like cloak being a jedi like that seems like a pretty useful skill well right? n- well when you watch her move and we've talked about this in past episodes when she does all that jumping around that's it looks very close to very like a very jedi jedi-esque it's it's yep. it's not something i would expect a mandalorian to do even even the most highly trained mandalorian because she's very it's very finesse she's very mm-hmm. agile yeah agile it's just there's so you a think, lot like she's just slowly tapping into it for like certain maneuvers well, yeah she just doesn't realize it mm-hmm. you know it's, i just think she's never had to use it right exactly so um but yeah so there's three three else um and as soon as Rao gets there, Sabine is, um, you know, doing a spar session with Ezra. And, you know, Ezra takes her down, essentially, despite Kanan trying to tell her how to fight. She's ignoring Well, Kanan yeah, but time. I mean, it, it takes a while for that sort of thing to but, go in, essentially, with the pride factor. But, yeah, with her pride and everything, it's definitely an extra, extra factor. Mm. And she's completely not listening to him at this point. So, um, I don't know. What do you guys think about her constantly not listening you would think after a couple of days she might actually take some of his advice well, i think it's if we're taking this from like a zen buddhist sort of perspective mm-hmm. the longer the ego is the harder it is to break like you almost have to break that down to like a bottom level and kind of build up in some way like um like there's an argument that like those sort of like philosophical religions like that don't work as well in the west because of how much we build up our egos in that society 
Okay. Uh, that like that source of individualism is just much more there, um, and thus it makes those harder in those civilizations. Which might also mean the Jedi training is much harder with Mandalorians for that similar sort of contrast. Absolutely. Well, I think she's having a hard time because of what she's holding back. Yeah. Like yeah, what she's holding in and the reasons why she left, which we go into later. Because she's reluctant. Mm-hmm. And she she doesn't want it. She's not going that rate because that route because of what happened last time. She tried to, you know, go out on a limb and help mm. out and everything else. Right. Oh yeah, she's definitely carrying a lot of baggage from everything else, and that's definitely kind of making her reluctant. Yeah, it's the weighing whole. on her mind, so she's not open to the force fully because she has that extra baggage there. Right. That's true. Good points, gentlemen. Um, so Rao shows up and he gives her some Mando gear, which is meant to ca- counteract Jedi. So all of a sudden she has some extra cheat, cheating. Yeah, cheats essentially. Well, and that, that's kind of where I got. That's kind of where I got with the. Uh, he is kind of pushing her one way. Yeah, and like, oh, well, you can do this, and well, here, here's an easy way around that. Go ahead and use well, this. At the same time, though, like if you are fighting a Jedi that has Force abilities. And you don't. It is somewhat useful to have someone of a counterbalance. So I understand why those gear exists, why you would use it in that scenario. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I was amazed when like she did the one little shock thing that Ezra didn't just respond with like a force push. It's like, oh, okay, I can totally do that. Yeah, but he was totally t- he was taken back by it. He wasn't yeah. expecting it. But yeah, it was like a, a electronic version of the force push. Yeah, kind or of. Or a pulsar beam or something she mm. uses on him. It was like a sonic wave, wasn't it? Yeah, like almost. It was something along Yeah, it was like lines. a sonic wave. And it, it pushes him back. And, and then she uses Wonder Woman's lasso later. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is different. I've never seen that before. That was weird. It was uh, like, kind of neat. I thought it was funny. It seems like, it's like just a, like a grappling hook sort of thing. It's almost like a whip. Well, that's what I'm saying. It was yeah. like the Wonder Woman lasso. lasso. We've seen like whips like in the Star Wars universe, though, that were like actual... Like electrified, we've like things. We've seen right? them in the books, but we've never seen them in like the movies or the TV shows. Really, I could yeah. swear it popped up in one of the TV shows once. If it did, it must have been Clone Wars, but I don't remember it. Uh, if so. you listen in the background, you can hear Wonder Woman's theme. You're not looking forward to Wonder Woman anymore. I wasn't before. All right, so she obviously she uses it. She takes him down, pisses off Kanan. Who's like? Is this a game to you? Because she, she uses the lasso on him, wraps him up in it. Mm. He takes out his lightsabers like, is this a game to you? And just basically whoops her ass, yeah. essentially. Just And <laughs> is irate about it. Like, really is just, right. you can see, like, the anger coming out of him. Yeah, it was like, it was like a, enough is enough. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like I'm trying to get through to you. I am trying to help you here. Stop being a fucking asshole about it. Well, then she she's like, well, I'm just outsmarting my opponent. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think this is the part where you actually get to the reintroduction of the Mando War being like part of the. Uh, yep, and and that's what he after he beats her ass, he goes history lesson: the Jedi won that war. Mm. And the fact that he brings it back up is a big point because, like I was saying earlier in the podcast, Knights of the Old Republic is technically legends. So again, yeah. Oh, okay. So again, now that it's being mentioned in. And rebels at some point, um, it, it allows for you to go back, and it's in the canon. It can be right. They're reintroducing. 
reintroducing now to what extent we don't know is it just a byline it's just a byline at the moment well in a show but you could do different things with it um i mean essentially you don't have if it's the former knights of the old republic games are just kind of legends at this point even though we have seen like little bits of it pop up here and there Mm -hmm. um you could either go back and do like an actual tv show like we're doing with rebels or you could have it for one of disney's standalones or Actually, even an alternative to the main trilogy set, if we're being honest. Well, because it's it according to the legends, it's it's like a twenty year war mm-hmm. that goes on between the Jedi and the the uh, the Mando. So, yeah. but I mean, if know, we're doing that like as a film, like that would be a pretty badass film, I think. Well, I would rather see it as a Netflix series that just because it allows you to five seasons characters. long, and I've got a thirteen hour movie for five five. Oh, that's a fair point. You know what I mean? Like you go full like Band of Brothers on it. Yeah, that'd be freaking sweet, dude. I mean, just watching Jedi take on Mandalorians all the time. Sign yeah. me up. <laughs> I don't even need a plot or a story. I'll just sit there and watch that, that crap all don't day. Don't get me wrong. I, I would like a plot and a story. i got to be honest. Like, don't get me wrong. I am all for cool action scenes. But I, I, I dig the drama. I dig storylines. But, you know, and it's also, it's it's linked, that whole storyline is actually linked to uh, a very famous Legends character called uh, Revan. Mm. Who was both Sith and Jedi? Mm. Kind of goes back and forth between. So, so he's a gray Jedi. Um, yeah, yeah. It depends on how you define. It Depends I on how you look at it, but yeah, it's, he's very popular in the Legends field. So they may be using it also as a mm. way to reintroduce Revan, who's very popular. Well, I don't know. In, like, would you count a character who kind of jumps back and forth as being the same as a gray Jedi who kind of tries to find balance in the center? No, no, because he he literally bounces back and forth. Yeah. I mean, he's there's no, eh, maybe at the end there's just some gray at the end. Like it, it takes but, him a while to get to that point. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he's literally he kind of loses his memory after being a Sith, and they they kind of reprogram him to be a Jedi again, and that kind of thing. Wait, wait, they reprogram him to be a Jedi? Well, is this is this all part of like actual stuff now? This is that's this is no, legends technically. Legends. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the I'm fact like, this is crazy. But the fact that it opens up the link to back to that storyline because it, it means it, it's a character it, you can reintroduce. It, they can reintroduce like it later. It is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, they always said that they could pick and choose what they wanted. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And they could actually make it better. Maybe even. I mean, not that there's a lot of like, EU fans out there yelling at me right now, but still. So. So yeah, it, it's, it's worth mentioning. Mm. So. Well, I mean, we'll have to see how they reintroduce, like, some of the old legend stuff into this. Because, like, we've seen Thrawn, but we don't really see, like, where his story arc's going in terms of... Not yet. I got a feeling next seven episodes, I'm hoping we finally get Like, I gotta be honest, I think there'd be a lot of fans where, like, if Thrawn gets killed off, like, within, like, the first Mm -hmm. season he's introduced on, like, Rebels, would be really pissed off. I really don't see it because they've got that, like, we've talked about in the past, they've got the Thrawn novel coming out in April. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I, I... Do you think that's part of the reason why you have, um... Or that could be part of the reason we actually had uh, Rebels delayed, is that that book is coming out and that you don't... You want that to maybe line up. Yeah, it's very highly possible. Okay. Yeah, in my my opinion. And you, like I said, we also have Star Wars Celebration in April as well, mm. so... Um, which usually has some sort of preview for Rebels next season on it, so... Mm. They, they may be lining it up. Like at that point, oh, where it might end, like as soon. They right might, might give that. you a cliffhanger, and they might show at celebration. They'll show, no. you know, no. the, the resolution to that. Um, so, but anyway, but yeah, so it, just a little sidetrack there on uh, the whole uh, Jedi Mando War. So, 
Uh, but getting back to the whole story, yeah, he after she uses these tricks, you know, he goes, these tricks only work once in a while. Only training and discipline is going to save you. Mm. you know, he Which is a very goes, kind of stoic Jedi response in that regard. Very much so. Kind of throws it in her face, then she throws it back at him and goes, well, the only thing I've learned is is Ezra must be very gifted to have learned so much from a lousy teacher like you. And you just have Ezra standing, like standing there, just be like, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> is that an insult or a compliment? <laughs> and then, so she she stomps off mad and as a typical boyfriend would chase after his girlfriend. <laughs> You're really pushing that still, aren't you? Yeah, kind of am. Um, Ezra goes after her, has a little heart-to-heart um, he goes, you know, he's like, Kanan means well, but, you know, and then Sabine's like, well, I can fight and I know how to fight. And blah, blah, blah. And, and then Kanan's like, I don't think you're better than Ezra. <laughs> and there it is. Um, and then she goes into, we finally start, she starts to open up about her family. She's, I'll just ever submit, she goes, my family won't understand. I'm a traitor. I'm an outcast. Mm-hmm. And like how am I supposed to lead that? How, how am I supposed, supposed to go back to that? Right, you know? exactly. So we're start ever so slightly. We're starting to get the story out of her yeah. from her own words, from her yeah. own point of view. Right. And she, she's got that. Like it's like like it's it's right there, and she wants to put it out there so everybody knows, but yeah, still hesitant and holding it back. Very much so. And uh, and Ezra kind of throws it back in her face as he walks away from her. He's like, "Yeah, at least you got parents to go back to." <laughs> Yeah, and don't yeah. Wrong, like I understand that really fits with like kind of the story arc for Ezra and the fact that like his parents like might be alive and then were dead was like kind of a big thing for season two. Mm-hmm. But it, it feels almost like a trope to sort of like throw that back out that line out there, doesn't it? Like it's kind of a it's been heavily used like before. Well, yeah, and maybe another series, not maybe not so much. Well, I think it's I well think, maybe I think, a little bit with Luke, I guess. But I think this is more so the thing of. Um, you know, get over it, suck it up kind of thing. Like, mm. mm-hmm. you know, at least you have parents to go back to. You're lucky enough. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's more of a, it's more of a, it's not as bad as it could be. Suck it up. Mm. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, there are certain instances where having certain parents to go back to isn't always better than having none. Well. And you don't really know her family well, dynamic. Well, it, it is, it is when an episode is, this episode is heavily on the family yeah. Whether it's her, you know, like we said, the surrogate family or, you know. Right. So. So. Um, so the scene ends with her kicking a rock, which just happens to be the Bendu. Who just kind of, you know, after she walks away, kind of turns around, raises up, turns around, and gives her a really hard stare like he sensed something from her. Sensed her anger almost. Well, or I mean, he her, felt her it, foot. Or her foot, but I don't think it's, I think it's more than that. I don't yeah, think you would assume so. Like how they had it, it was. It was one of those shots that really suggests that it's implying something, mm-hmm. uh, like hinting at something in the future, like yeah. giving away more than it should. But at the same time, like you look at Rebels and Clone Wars, there have been a few times where they have a few of those that don't necessarily lead up, and they're kind of meant as like kind of yeah, it could distracting be it could be a red things. it could be a red herring. It's, yeah. it's possible, but to me, it just because he's so synonymous with the Force and only appearing to Jedi Jedi so far. Um, just makes me wonder that much more. You know, yeah. it's just another yeah, it visual hints at clue. It pretty heavily. Yeah. So, um, and that'd be kind of an interesting transition, actually, and it'd be interesting to see where it goes. Actually, this whole episode has kind of a good transition for Sabine. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely does. Um, so we get uh, Hera's uh, second call, and this time it's an actual hologram of her. Mm. <laughs> um, she kind of brings up. 
to Kanan because Kanan's still frustrated, still mm. pissed off, basically. Um, yeah, in fact, more pissed off than he was during the first call. Right, and she goes, well, training Ezra wasn't easy. And he goes, well, at least Ezra was willing. I was holding back. Mm. And he's kind of making the whole thing about himself the whole well, thing. he's drawing comparison in some ways. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Brian? Well, I mean, that seems the way that... It's like, well, it worked the first time that way. Why is it not working this way the second time? Mm. I'm doing the exact same thing that I've gotten Ezra to this point. And he's making... He's like, well, Ezra wanted to learn. Right. It's like, what? what why is she holding back? And that's when we start getting into that whole, you know... You are better than your father! You know, like, right. And she starts fighting with the anger... Which is really weird. Like, why would you force her to start using anger right. when well, she's fighting? He's trying to get her to open up. And, I mean, well, he's... I get like, that. But the way she starts is the whole way Annie can turn. Yeah. Mm. Very much using, so. using the anger as the part of the way to get the power. And then yeah. and then, then, then she kind of... As she gets all of it out... Then she steps back. And then she steps back and she's like... It just kind of creates like a cathartic moment of just yeah. releasing all yeah. that years of just holding well, it, that back. It, it, we haven't gotten to it yet, but it's it's very reminiscent of uh, Luke against Vader in Jedi at the very... The, the, the final battle. Mm-hmm. Vader finally pisses Luke off piss, to, the, to the breaking point mm. and Luke just lets loose with everything he's got. Chops off his hand and then takes a, a step back and looks at his own robotic hand and... You know, throws his lightsaber to the side. It's kind of that same. Mm. It was very mm-hmm. reminiscent to me yep. of that. It's kind of that same scene. But, but, but I digress. Let's get back to Harris' call because there's some good points to talk about here. Um, and then, <clears throat> so again, she says, you know, Ezra was willing to train. I, I was the one holding back. Is what Kanan says. And then, um, but Hera points back, counterpoints to him, and says, "Well, not allowing her to train with the dark savior, saber is really only fueling her rage. She's, she's you're not allowing her to commit to it, mm. to own it. Well, then it's, it could be a situation where it doesn't feel as real as it should when she's actually embracing what the actual symbol of it is, right? And really and not adjusting to like. The well, that's why she trait. thinks it's a game. Mm. Mm. It's because it doesn't matter what I'm doing. This is just a stick. Yeah, right. Exactly, and." Then, uh, you know, and then Kanan throws it back to her. Well, her mind's out of balance. She's going to get hurt. Mm. And that's when Hera hits her, hits him up with the, she's already hurt. Yeah. Her family has hurt her far more than any lightsaber's ever going to. And Kanan's like, well, what do you mean? Mm. And she's like, she doesn't want you to see it, but, you know, she's been hurt by her family and, and, uh, she's hiding it from you. But yeah, you really kind of do see that sort of expression of like just, something he was unaware of kind of brought to his attention and yeah uh i think we were talking about this a little bit earlier where like you actually see like at that where it transitions from like the first training session where he's actually wearing like the mask and later mm-hmm. on where it's removed and it actually allows him to be more expressive, expressive. And emotive and, yeah you actually get to see his burned out eyes or yeah whatever. um but, he, but yeah then he kind of counters her back and, and, and goes well how do you know that and then she throws her family mm. into it and her family History, history, which it's the goes, show's gone into pretty de- yeah, heavily she, as well. She goes, I know what it's like to have your family abandon you. Mm-hmm. You know, remember how long it took her to trust us. Mm-hmm. You know, all, he, she keeps saying, Yeah, this episode really things. goes through a lot of like interpersonal relationships within the crew and their extended families or mm-hmm. like original families, I guess, might be more accurate. Yeah, and, and Hera just keeps hitting him. She goes, and just give her the saber and let her face her demons, essentially, is what mm-hmm. she says. And and at the end, she hits him up with one final wife-to-husband slap and goes, it's not about you. 
Mm. You know, almost like when a father's mad at his child and the mother yeah. comes in to try to bring things back down to earth a little bit. She's like, if you don't get this, you're not coming to bed. <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of took it as like, it's not about your training style. It's just she has to work through this bit. Right. And you need to be there to assist that. Well, it's Like I said, it's like a father and a teenage daughter almost, you know. Mm. And you can get really... Well, it's also the the whole. It's also the whole like he's not allowing her to fail. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like that's the whole. You could teach somebody anything you want and keep showing them the right way to do it, but until they do it the wrong way, mm. yeah. they're not going to yeah. know. There's a lot of people that learn better through failure than yep. they do through their successes, mm-hmm. and learning to learn through failure is almost as big a part of it. And even, you know, Ezra goes on later on in the scene right before she comes back and goes, I think she'll be fine in time like we were talking about. Mm. And Rao kind of hits him back with a line and goes, well, that's, you know, time is kind of a luxury. We don't have. We don't have. The galaxy doesn't have. Mm. You know, and he's right. You know, yeah, the I empire mean, is growing. We're only a couple of years away from the Death Star, yeah. essentially. You know, so things are dire straits. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much every day, the, you know, is a chance for the empire to find the rebellion and destroy them yeah like you really don't have time for anything like you have to kind of force everything to go as quickly as possible and that sometimes means making sacrifices of quality yep so let's we're finally let's get to sabine's return the final scene of the the whole thing um there's apologies between the two Mm -hmm. or back and forth and kanan's actually before she even shows up he's kind of meditating in front of the the sabers on the ground, the dark sabers on the ground. He's kind of meditating in front yeah, of it. Yeah, and in some ways, seems like he's almost bracing himself for what's, what's to, to come because he knows he has to push her and yeah. to get past a lot of those kind of mental barriers. Very samurai kind of esque, kind of mm. sort of in a way. Um, so uh, he gives her the dark saber, and Sabine's even like, "Well, maybe I need more training." No, you know, he gives her the saber. Pretty much, we don't have time for that. We've wasted a couple of days on this, right? And then. She ignites the saber, and then Kanan actually starts to explain how lightsabers work, which is kind of interesting. Oh, it's really. kind of cool, especially from like a more like right. hardcore fan point of view. It's yeah. interesting having that like kind of explained out. Yeah, he explains, you know, that energy flows through the crystal through it, and it also, your thoughts and your energy also flow through the yeah. blade. Which, honestly, even going through the entire Clone Wars saga, you don't have, like, that sort of explanation of it. And, like, no. the whole they actually attract thing, like, you can kind of see in, like, some of the visuals of it, mm-hmm. of, like, the older stuff, but it's nothing you necessarily ever connect. Yeah, and that, that, and that the fact that you actually become part of the blade in a way, like, the Force through the Jedi actually flows through their lightsabers and back mm. forth again. I never really heard it give that Yoda-esque kind yeah, of... Yeah, like, and it really is it. kind of that interesting, the sword or lightsaber is an extension of yourself, yourself. at that point. Right, exactly. And even during, like, uh, a few minutes later on when, when they're actually in the midst of the training thing, you actually hear her say how it's gotten lighter and how it's... Right, at first it's like, it's heavier than I thought. Mm. And then, yeah, she says... As, that, like, the energy starts passing through, through and gets more used to it, like, right. it does lighten up for her. Exactly. So, you know, so they they begin to... Uh, he also explains that, like we said, they how they're attracted to each other, almost like in a mm. scientific way, in a way, they're, you know, they're kind of drawn... There's almost like an electromagnetic pull towards Pull towards it. it, yeah, which I thought was cool, too. You know, yeah. Just kind of a neat part of... Hope, they, hope their Schwartz don't get tangled. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I hate it when my Schwartz gets twisted. 
<laughs> I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> Let's see how well you handle it. All right, um, so they begin to spar. <laughs> if you put your leg here and I put my, my leg, leg here. here just... One, two, three. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> so he begins to fight with her, and he starts with just the, the forms that she's been taught. Mm-hmm. Just kind of going through the basic blocks. Right, he's and... like block high so she can feel how it feels. And then mm-hmm. he tells her middle, and then he tells her low. Mm-hmm. Just kind of getting used to wielding right. it and like the sensation of it all. And then he starts the whole thing. It's like real slow. One, two, three, four, five, six. Well, even on slow, it's like a moderate pace. Right. Like, And then by the time you get to fast, it's like, oh, shit, they're actually moving pretty good pace. And as they're in the heat of of battle, he keeps, you know, I think he's... Pushing her. Yeah, he keeps saying... You should quit. Yeah, by the time he gets to that fast pace and she, like, it's lightened up for her, like, it really gets to that point where, like... Like, he doesn't even use the lightsabers heavily. Like, he's really just physically pushing right. her. I, I think even before they even start, like, the real fast stuff, he's like, he's, he says you're clinging to a heavy thought. You know, he starts talking to her and starts poking the bear. Mm. And then as they start getting into it, and then after he knocks her down and she gets back up and he, and he knocks you're her down. You're making this too easy. For the sake, yeah, you're making this too easy for me. You know, just constantly poking her, constantly mm. trying to get the truth out of her at yeah, the same time. Yeah, and you see time. that even, like, in the physical interactions there, like, you see where he's actually just grabbing her arm, throwing her, or, like, Round. pushing her shoulder, mm-hmm. and, like, actually clearly just antagonizing, even on a physical level. Yeah, I mean, they just, it's, uh, it, it, she, she's, he's literally forcing it to the surface with yeah. her. Which, again, we said, is like we talked about earlier, is strange, because he's forcing her to anger. He's mm-hmm. forcing well, her to emotion. It's forcing her to emotion, but it's... Removing a barrier that's actually allowing her to be at peace in a weird way. At at the end of the day, at the end game, yeah, it's just a very strange way to see a Jedi. Mm. I've never seen a Jedi do that. Well, one of the reasons you probably don't is like because most Jedi's are trained as children; they shouldn't have those mental barriers that you need to break down like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, but with Ezra and with Sabine both being trained at older ages, where they do have years of baggage and things like that, it does kind of. you do have to have like sort of allowing like the negative things to pass so they don't brood on them to the same extent. I guess it's just even when I saw Yoda train Luke, it was never that, never like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he showed him how to use the Force when he moved his X-wing out of the water. Mm. He took him in the cave and he had you know face the dark side visions and stuff mm. like that. Well, yeah, but, but like but it was never were, embrace your dark, embrace the anger. anger. Yeah, yeah, but one of the things you could also point to is anger if you look at the, the prequels side. with like Anakin. The fact that Anakin was trained at a slightly older age than some other Jedi's, mm-hmm. the fact that he still had connections like to his previous life, that when he lost things from his previous life, he never had a way of moving through it that wasn't just a fit of tantrum rage. Mm. And not that was probably part of the reasons because he, he couldn't move through that or past that. Well, you mean the loss of his mother and yeah. carrying that around? Possibly. Because even if you look towards episode three, that still seems to be part of his motivation to it. Well, that's extent. the whole motivation because he doesn't want to lose Padme like he mm-hmm. lost his mother. Like that's just baggage he carries around. Like he could never get rid of it. It's possible. It's just it's it's a very unorthodox way the, from what we've seen so far. Well, yeah, but that's Jedi. it's an unorthodox way for unorthodox training. Training. Okay, that's oh, fair for unorthodox candidates. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I'll yeah. Okay, I'll go along with that. Um. So, again, you know, and it's, he finally, you know, he goes, you should quit. And she's like, I never quit. And they go at it, and then she basically takes him down. I mean, in a 
in the height of her emotion in the height it's also hard to say how much of that is him actually listening to the story and like not maybe but he's almost overpowered by her at one point he's almost taken back by how much yeah, strength like, she's throwing at him yeah cuz she's, she's really just, just putting her whole weight he, behind at that he point. puts her up against she surprises him and puts him up against that hillside mm. and then that's eventually where he falls down eventually but he's it's like she just hits him with everything she's yeah, got yeah it's like her all the emotion just pouring out and it's carrying along with the, like the physical aspects of it. Yeah. Like it really has kind of linked some of the physical and mental things in like the fight scene pretty well. Yeah. Because I mean, she actually, not only does he fall down the hill, she jumps down after him, literally gets over top of him and holds the sword over her head in a finishing blow. And then finally stops, mm. you know, once she's gone through all this. Yeah. After the rage is just released where she tells her whole story where, you know, I made these weapons they use these weapons. Yeah, which these is the same also, weapons uh, I made on my own people, on my own family, my friends. Yeah, and they just like enslaved. the actual thing she's saying throughout the fight scene is like a fascinating part of backstory. We never really knew yeah, the character. Because we find out that she made these these same weapons are used and they, they use those same weapons to enslave the Mandalorian people and make them fearful. Mm. And this is a prideful yeah, like warrior race of people. Oh yeah. So like she pretty much felt that by continuing to serve the Empire, she was betraying her people and just carrying around the guilt of that. Yeah. And then when she actually tried to act right in her people's interest, was abandoned by them. By them, like, and they took the Empire's so side. So there's a whole slew of just emotional aspects of that. Right, which really not only does it deepen her character big time, but wow. I mean... Oh, yeah. Like, that's a messed up thing. Like, knowing that you were pretty much created, like, the bullets and the bombs that blew up, like, friends and family. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's got to be a and then bit when, of a mind fuck. And then when you try to to get everybody to follow you in a revolt, mm. they don't they don't follow you, which is just one more reason why she's probably doubtful that why carrying this blade is going to make any difference mm. when she goes back. Oh, definitely. Like it's one of those things people learn from past experience and the past experience for her was that in that scenario they weren't going to follow her. Right. And I mean, even Kanan's like, you ran, didn't you? And, you know, even during their battle, even, and just to poke that out of her, she's yeah. like, no, I didn't run, you know? Well, it's interesting because at the same time, it's also the things when she does go back that are thick questions that are going to be thrown at her. Yeah, because apparently everybody thinks she just ran away. And yeah. And that's not what happened. So it, not only is it kind of poking the bear, it is preparing her for the mental aspects of what's going going for going to happen yeah yeah very much so though an interesting note on the battle that we didn't really cover too much is that she actually does implement the uh the little whip thing to actually recover her the yes heavy saber instead of using the force she uses her lasso yeah or whatever you want to call it and even yeah. you have like ezra being kind of surprised like, by it like you see like that integration of like the mando techniques for with like with the, the actual, jedi technique yeah. that she's learning yeah so, like, it's almost like she's learning how to kind of implement her own style into it. Well, yeah, because she does that after her own Kan... personality. After, yeah, I think even Kanan tells her before she does it, she's like, you have to use everything. Mm. That, you know, and then that's when she she uses it. Mm. So, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it was an interesting little thing that kind of popped up during the scene. He's like, oh, yeah, that really does allow for some different possibilities with yeah. it. So, they, the whole episode ends with... You know, Kane, she she has a breakdown. Kanan kind of consoles her. He's already on his knee. Mm. And then and she goes, why would people, anybody follow me? And then that's when Rao gets up and says, for what it's worth, I'll follow you. Yeah. And he gets down and kneels before. And then Ezra does the same and says, I'll follow you too. And he goes, oh, I mean it. I, I understand with Rao a little bit, like, because you, he is a Mandalorian. Mandalorian. He understands the story of, like, why she did what she did. Yeah. 
And with Ezra, like, you're kind of, like, in the surrogate family situation, but it seems a bit more off and, like, I, a little weirder to me. Uh, to me, it's it's uh, it's the surrogate family support system, to me. That, that That's what that is with Ezra. Well, what I thought was weird was the whole kneeling thing. Like, it was, mm-hmm. like, it's one thing to be, like, I'll, I'll follow you, and, like, they give hugs, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a family thing. Mm-hmm. But they did, like, the whole, like, kneel in front of her, like, as if she was, like, the queen or something. Well, well she's going to be. That is kind of the interesting successful. aspect of it is, like, if she does succeed in, like, they want her to, she more or less becomes the ruling... She becomes a ruler of Mandalore. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if there's necessarily, like, a tribal leader position or well, title there, for that. there but. was uh, Satine, which was Obi-Wan Kenobi's love interest. She was a duchess, and she was mm. the duchess of Mandalore, so... So was that like the main ruler as a duchess? Yeah, at the time. That seems a little weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But at the same time, like, I don't know what royal position Mandalorians have for like their high chief or whatever. Well, they had like a royal family kind of thing, but yeah. So. So it is kind of a weird contrast because you are doing that in a very kind of knights following their leader sort of way, Mm -hmm. like in terms of kneeling and. Right. You are trying to put her in that position. Well, she's got to start thinking that way. Yeah, yeah. especially. It, there is something about it, like, visually that does seem a little weird. Um, yeah. But uh, overall, it was very cool. All right. Well, real quick, uh, before we get into final thoughts and grades, percentage on Sabine being at least Force-sensitive, uh, 0 to 100%. Aaron? I'd say 80 to 95. 80 like, there's a pretty high chance of it. Yeah. Brian, what do you think? I was going to say the same thing. It's pretty high. Pretty high. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say right now I'm at 90 to 95% sure she's Force-sensitive mm. in some... Way, like, don't wrong, like, the fact that she was able to hide it for so long, like, is still impressive, and yeah, it'd definitely be interesting on, like, how, since, like, Jedi essentially seem capable of sensing, like, other Jedi and Force-sensitive. Well, except for Rey. Or, Rey, yeah. you got Rey, and you also have Palpatine, who hit it from Jedi yeah. in plain sight. That's a fair point. So. Yeah. Palpatine just didn't use it. Yeah. That's, that's what he did. He just, like, he turned it off. Completely. Really? Yeah. Like that's just you just don't use it. You're good. Well, that's how they explain it. It's legends now, but in the uh, the uh, Darth Sidious book, that's how it's explained. Okay, so when force sensitive kids are picked up, it's actually because they're tapping into it and actually demonstrating the ability. Not necessarily. Uh, according to if you go back to the Clone Wars episodes with the force sensitive children, they're um, it's like they're almost predetermined. There was like a list. There was a keeper of the list. Mm. Like through the Force, they saw these children, like okay. future Jedi and whatnot. Okay, but after that, Jedi Order is destroyed. That's no longer there. So, how are the um, the Sith and the um, Inquisitors tracking down Force? I think they're again? still using old data from the Jedi Temple because okay. using the Force, you can go probably so many years in the future. Okay, fair know? enough. So, I would think so. Predestined, predetermined. All right, so we broke this thing down, and we are just now over an hour. So let's go into final thoughts and grades. You know, honestly, for this episode, that's not bad. No, not for this episode, I agree. But again, final thoughts and grades. All right, Aaron, your final thought and grade for this episode. Uh, For this episode, I'd probably give it an A to A+. I mean... We've had so many episodes that were so slow and, like, maybe only had a scene that really added to the overall story arc. With this one, like, you have so much that adds to the backstory, that adds to the mythology, and actually progresses the main storyline so heavily. And, I mean, there's so many small details that are so interesting and add to, like, the actual, just everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd give the show an A+. Plus. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, give it, I'll give it an A+, plus as well. It's probably... 
if not, it's probably my favorite episode so far this season. Yeah. Um, next to maybe the one where they merge the holograms is the uh, my next favorite. It's it's, uh, it's between those two. Um, it's uh, everything in this episode, like you were saying, Aaron, is relevant. Um, the only thing that's slow is when they're actually driving to the campsite. Uh, other than well, that, even that has even, kind of the symbology. You're right of of a journey. Um, but everything else, I mean, it's just jam-packed full of, right off the bat, you've got new Star Wars myth, new Star Wars lore. Uh, you've got the, you get to see a Jedi in training, kind of, sort of, but as a Mandalorian. And that different twist, there's heavy on family. Uh, just, wow, just, uh, I, I wish every episode was like this, to be honest. This. Wow, oh, especially after the last couple, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it makes all the filler episodes we've had this season worth it, in my my opinion, yeah. and even the ones that are pseudo pseudo filler um, or not as good episodes. But yeah, uh, so yeah, A plus in my book, uh, Brian. Yeah, I'm gonna go A plus. I mean, it's got two things that I love most: lightsabers and Mandalorians. So <laughs> can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. <laughs> all right, copy that. All right, so where can you find four Midwest guys? That's real easy. Go to Google.com, type in the number four Midwest guys. You'll find our uh, Podbean page where we host our uh, uh, podcast off of, as well as our YouTube account, Facebook, Twitter, all those different avenues. You can reach out to us uh, through there. And uh, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to all of those. And uh, we would like to hear from you as well, so reach out to us. All right, so... Um, Guys, it's been an excellent episode. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Thanks for having me, man. Yep. Aaron, thanks for joining us. No problem. All right. And for B. Willie saying, may the force be with you always.